Good morning. It's time to begin our worship service this morning. I hate to break up all the good fellowship. First song this morning will be number 431. Number 431. Come thou almighty King, help us thy name to sing, help us to praise, Father all glorious or all victorious, come and reign over us, ancient of days. Come thou incarnate word, gird on thy mighty sword, our prayer attend. Come and thy people bless and give thy word success, spirit of holiness on us descend. O Lord our God, to Thee the highest praises be, and evermore Thy sovereign majesty may we in glory see, and to eternity love and adore. Good morning. To welcome everybody to our service today, uh, you're honored guest, and we, uh, uh, if you are a guest with us, you're honored guest, and we invite you to worship with us uh, as often as you can in person or live stream, and we're happy to see everybody here this morning. If you are uh, visiting with us, if you'd fill out an attendance card and place it in the collection plate, that'd give us a record of your attendance. It's great to have everybody here. Our times of service, uh, 9.30 a.m. Bible study, 10.30 is our Sunday morning worship. Our Sunday evening worship will be at 5 p.m. tonight, and our Wednesday evening worship is at 7 p.m. There will be an elders and deacons meeting today at 4 p.m. A family game night will be combined with the kids' Christmas party tonight after evening service. We ask that you bring your favorite dish for the potluck and games to play. Please bring your angel tree gifts by tonight as they will be delivered to the family on Monday. The junior senior high Christmas party will be at the church building on December 10th from 6 to 9. The theme is Christmas morning. There's a breakfast food sign up on the youth bulletin board. Students are encouraged to wear their Christmas pajamas and are asked to bring five stocking stuffers. Parents are welcome to stay and eat as well as observe the games. We'll be caroling at Brookdale Nursing Home on Saturday, December 10th at 1.30 and at Dogwood Bend Assisted Living at 2.30. Please plan to arrive at 125 at Brookdale and 225 at Dogwood Bend. The residents really enjoy singing the carols with us. We'll be delivering fruit baskets on December the 11th after morning services. Please sign beside the individuals you are willing to deliver the basket. There are still some baskets that need someone to deliver. We will also be Christmas caroling and delivering fruit baskets to a few of our older members after morning services. Uh, there'll be a quick potluck, and then they'll take the bus for this event. 
Ladies are invited to a luncheon on December 15th at 11 a.m. at the home of Judy Wallace. Please sign the sheet on the bulletin board in the foyer by December 11th if you plan to attend. If you'd like to bring your Christmas cards for our church family, then place your cards in the box in the foyer. Please have the cards in the box by Wednesday, December 14th. The Favorite Things holiday party will be December 18th after evening services in the Fellowship Hall. Bring an appetizer and five things to exchange. Please see Katie Head or Christy Albright for more information about the exchange. Challenge Youth Conference is for students 6th through 12th grade that will be in Pigeon Forge on February 24th through 26th of this coming year. The cost is $35 per person. There is a sign-up sheet posted on the Youth Bulletin Board. Please give your payment to Ryan Blunt no later than December 21st and make the check payable to the church. Please note that chaperones and guests are invited to attend. However, cabin priority will be given to youth and their families in the event we run out of room. There is a new uh, space on the education wing. There's an infant nursing room for new mothers. Um, it's the fourth room on the right as you walk down the hallway. Um, there is a sign that designates the space as well, and we'd like to thank Shannon Garrett for setting up this space. There will be a work service project Wednesday night for the youth to complete gifts for our nursing home patients. So all of our youth keep that in mind for this coming Wednesday night. If you have any questions, see Ms. Shannon. I have one thank you card. It's from the family of Shelby Knox. Dear church, our family knows that love lives here at Stroudsville. Thank you for being faithful, sending her the church bulletin all the years she was shut in with her mother-in-law, Julia Davis. I know she saved most of them. Thank you for all the cards and prayers that were sent to encourage her during her battle with cancer. She kept all of those cards. Thank you for the small gifts she received from one of your outreach programs. Whoever drew her name uh, blessed Shelby Knox, and I hope they were blessed. Thank you for the lovely fall mix of flowers uh, that was sent to the funeral home. We appreciate the love shown to our mom all these years. Sincerely, Joy Buck, Carol Knox, Melanie Sloan, and Michael Knox. That's all the announcements I have at this time. Now we'll have a reading. <clears throat> this morning I'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, and I'll be reading from the NIV. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that is far outweighs them all. So fix our eyes not what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Our next song will be number 42. <clears throat> My God and I go in the field together. We walk and talk as good friends should and do. We clasp our hands 
our voices ring with laughter. My God and I walk through the meadows hue. We clasp our hands, our voices ring with laughter. My God and I walk through the meadows hue. He tells me of the years that went before me, when heavenly plans were made for me to be, when all was but a dream of dim conception, to come to life, earth's verdant glory see. When all was but a dream of dim conception, to come to life, earth's verdant glory see. My God and I will go for a together. We'll walk and talk as good friends should and do. This earth will pass and with it common trifles. But God and I will go unendingly. This earth will pass and with it common trifles. But God and I will go Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day that you so richly blessed us with. We thank you for the opportunity we have to come together this morning as a band of thy children and sing these songs to thy great and holy name and hear another lesson from your word. Dear Heavenly Father, please be with Brother Tom this morning as he brings us uh, your lesson. Please be with each one of us as students of your word that we'll take the things that he says this morning and apply it to our lives, that we'll live closer to you tomorrow than we have in the past. Dear Heavenly Father, just please be with each one of us that we can be a shining light in this dark and cruel world in which we live, that others may see you living in us, that we can spread the gospel to those that we come in contact with, that we can bring someone unto thee before it's everlastingly too late. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you were so willing to send your Son to this earth live among men and die a cruel death on the cross, that we can have a home in heaven thee someday if we're found faithful. We just thank you for that. Darling Father, we know that there's many uh, this time of year that's on our uh, prayer list uh, from, from being sick. Darling Father, we just pray that you will heal them. You know each one of them. You know every, every one of their needs. Darling Father, you're the great physician, and we just ask if it be your will you heal each one of them that where they can be back and worship with us again. 
Heavenly Father, we just ask at this time to please be with all those that are grieving over loss of loved ones. May they look to you for strength and comfort as only you can give them. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for, again, this opportunity we have to come together this morning as a man of thy children and study from your word. Just please go with us through this service, and everything that we do here this morning will be in complete accordance with your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. To prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, we'll sing number 142. 142. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed his birth. Glory to God in the highest, peace and good tidings on earth. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him. Tell how he liveth again. Love in that story.
To start off with, I'm going to read a, a little of Psalms 96. Psalm 96. Uh, Bryson did a really good job on reading this morning for the when we did the uh, meditation beforehand. I'll start off where he left off. He left off on number six. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come unto his courts. O worship the Lord in beauty and of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The Lord also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field be joyful in all that is in it. Then all the trees and the woods will rejoice before the Lord. For he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples of his truth. And this is God with his chosen people as they went through the desert and they, they were pushed aside for 40 years. God had a plan, and Jesus Christ was the plan. He came to earth. He walked as a man. He was born. He was tested. He was tried and crucified by the people that supposedly loved him to his dearest. He did that because he loved us. He loved those before. He loved us now, and he loves in the future. But the most significant thing that he did was as he poured his blood out onto the ground inside the temple of the synagogue, the curtain was torn in half. This gave us the right. This gave us a chance to be able to speak and to be with the Lord. When he sat there with his disciples on the day of his death, his thought was on how he was going to get them ready. And he told them, as he sat around, he took the bread and passed it to them and broke it. And here, take, eat, do this in remembrance. As we partake of this supper, I would ask that you discern his name. You think about what he's done for us, and you forget the troubles of the world and all them things that are sitting around us because you will be judged we will be judged. But thankful, thankfully, he came with his grace to give us this forgiveness. Let us pray. Our dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for our conscience. We thank you for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we ask, dear Lord, that as we go forth and we partake of this bread in representation of the body of Jesus Christ, we ask that we do so in a manner pleasing to you. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.
Let us pray. Our dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood that was passed down upon us, that you would see that such sinful ones as we would deserve your mercy, your salvation, and your love. I once heard that man should fear because you are good. You are so good that we don't deserve what you've given unto us. And dear Lord, as we partake of this cup, we humbly partake of it in a manner that is well-pleasing unto you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This concludes our Lord's Supper. From the convenience of things, the elders have proposed that this is a time where we will make collection before the church. Let us pray. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for our ability to share and to work and to earn our living. We're thankful for the, the gifts that you've given unto us because our earnings, we realize, belong to you. We ask that as we present 
these before you, that you accept them with our sincere heart. And we ask, dear Lord, that you be with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to mark the invitation song this morning, it'll be number 579. Number 579. Now before uh, Tom brings us the lesson, let's all stand and sing number 328. 328. Time is filled with swift transition, not of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal, hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold to God's unchanging hand, hold to God's unchanging hand. On things eternal, hold to God's unchanging hand. Trust in Him who will not leave you, whatsoever years may bring. If by earthly friends forsaken, still more closely to Him cling, hold. God's unchanging hand, hold to God's unchanging hand, build your hopes on things eternal, hold to God's unchanging hand. When your journey is completed, if to God you have been true, the home in glory your enraptured soul will view hold to God's unchanging hand hold to God's unchanging hand build your hopes on things eternal hold to God's unchanging hand
Please be seated. Good morning. Wonderful to see each and every one of you here today. And I know we have in our midst some visitors, and we want to thank you for being here. I ask you to come back, keep coming back, and be a part of our family at Stroudsville. We're, we're thankful to be growing. I personally am so thankful to have all these little ones in our midst that are uh, babies that are becoming part of our youth group. So we're blessed at Stroudsville to be growing. Uh, I wanted to also say um, that we're so thankful that last Sunday after morning services, Lish Bradley, who's here with us today, became a new sister in Christ and gave a beautiful uh, testimony and confession of Jesus. And so now we're all kind of taking care of a baby sheep and we want to make sure she grows and that we encourage her and help her because we know that the devil's particularly interested in baby sheep. Amen? Amen. He has a taste for, for little lamb and he wants to take away those sheep. So uh, we're thankful that we have shepherds here that can continue to guard the sheep and, and help us all to grow. Well, we're doing a lesson series called God's Great Nature, and so we, we talked in the beginning lesson a little about the beauty of the nature around us. That's back when we had leaves that were pretty. But we're not really focusing so much on God's nature uh, as far as the, the trees and, and the leaves and, and animal kingdom. While that is beautiful and breathtaking, I wanted to talk more about God's nature himself. That is his character, his, his characteristics. Uh, what makes God, God? So we've listed several attributes of God. I did want to begin with our passage from Exodus 15, 11. This is Moses after the Lord parted the Red Sea, uh, took out all the Egyptian army, and there were the Israelites um, victorious because God had delivered them. So Moses in his song, recorded in Exodus 15, says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Now, notice that's a little g. So the Egyptians had a lot of little gods, g. The golden calf was one of those that got introduced in the wilderness, and they said, this is the God who brought you out of Egypt that made the true God angry. So Moses asked a very interesting question. Among all the false gods and the gods that are man-made, the, the golden idols and, and the pagan images and the things that people bow down and worship God, when we compare you to those man-made gods, who is like you? The answer is nobody. Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders. Exodus 15, 11. So I just want to invite you today to revel and enjoy in this great God that we serve, the true and living God, the Yahweh. L-O-R-D, capital letters, the Lord. This is the creator who spoke the universe into existence. We are so honored today to be here to worship him and praise him and, and that he has granted us access into his presence. So I'm so thankful to be part of worshiping God today. 
By the way, let me pause for just a moment and say we'd like you to come back tonight. We're going to wrap up our lesson series on grace, uh, a subject I love to study and I love to talk about, something I need in my life. After this grace-filled lesson, we're inviting you to stay for a meal. We bought lots of meat, and we need all these people back tonight, right, to eat all the meat that we bought. So uh, it's going to be like a little Christmas party. Santa's going to show up. We're going to have games and fellowship. And if you want to have a good time and fellowship after we worship, come. Because Meg and and, uh, Teresa are going to work really hard to get that all set up for you. So don't disappoint them, right? Come and help eat the the food. So come and enjoy the fellowship. This is our Christmas get-together tonight. So let's look at the attributes of God. Getting back to our lesson, there are, I think, 15 that we listed. We've already talked about the fact that God has always been. That blows my mind in and of itself. He's always existed. He's spiritual in His nature. He's sovereign, holy. Tonight, Today we're going to talk about the three omnis. We'll explain what does that mean. He's immutable. He's a God of all truth. He's a God who is wise, a God of goodness, God full of grace, God of love, God who foreknew everything before it happened. Finally, we'll finish up with a God of righteousness, but yet a God who will bring wrath upon those who were disobedient and unbelieving. My next slide, I have a picture of a rather odd-looking device, and this is actually in the Walt Disney uh, Family's Museum. It's a 360-degree camera. It's a rig that would use 16-millimeter cameras. And the reason I point this out, all the little red arrows, you will see cameras pointed in a circle, right? That's what, for y'all that paid attention in geometry, 360 degrees is a full circle, right? Right? Yeah. You paid attention in geometry, 360 degrees. So here's what Disney did. And as a 10-year-old boy... We were actually on our way to New Zealand for mission work. We stopped at a park y'all may be aware of on the West Coast, right? Back then in 1969. Wow, I'm old. But we walked into a movie theater that was unlike any movie theater I'd ever seen. First of all, there were no seats. I thought, this is odd. No seats. There were only metal bars that came up. And we filed in and we stood. I'm like, this is strange. Why can't I sit down? I realized in my 10-year-old mind that the screen wasn't just here, but the screen was here and here and here and all around. Why? Because somebody had invented a 360-degree projector that would take pictures And some really smart person had figured out how to project this at the same time in 360-degree omnivision. It was amazing. I was stunned. In my little 10-year-old mind, I'd never seen anything like this. And so in the next picture, we have a picture of the Statue of Liberty. Imagine a helicopter flying over the Statue of Liberty. They've taken duct tape and strapped you to the front of the bubble. You're now on the outside, right? If you didn't die from a heart attack, (laughs) you might actually go, wow. So the helicopter pivots, right? And he's like this, and you haven't died yet. And it starts flying like this around the Statue of Liberty. And you're like, 
Whoa! That's what they did in this Omnivision theater. Isn't that cool? I could, I could see where I'm going. I could turn around and I can see where I've been. It's like Omnivision. It's incredible. Never been anything like that in my life. 360 degree view. They took us on a roller coaster ride. They took us on a jet boat down a little river. It was amazing. Now, why do I give that introduction? Why do I give that story about Omni? Well, you see what I want to do? I, I want to talk about Omni for just a moment. And in our slide, we have a definition of Omni. It just means everything, all-inclusive. Remember a circle? How many degrees? 360 degrees. If you look and you see something 360 degrees, that's omnivision. Omni is a root word, basically just means everything, all-inclusive. And so God, in His great nature, is omni. And we're going to talk about the three omnis today. Very simple, right? I've got to keep it simple or I can't understand it, right? Omni, what does that mean? He's omni. You know what omni means, right? All, everything, all-inclusive, present. What does that mean? That means that God is everywhere in the universe, all at the same time. You're like, that's impossible. For us, it's impossible, but for God... That's not impossible. You mean God God can hear the prayer of a little girl in China and a little boy in Russia and a family in America all at the same time? Yes, He can. Because He is omnipresent. He's omnipotent. Now I want you to think of a... Of a a mixture of something, right? And you smell it and you're like, "Woo, that's strong. One word you might use is, that's potent, right? Powerful. God is all powerful. Third and finally, omniscient. Now if you look at S-C-I-E-N, that looks a little bit like the root word for something when you study a subject, Right? Why do you study? To gain knowledge, almost like the word science, right? God is everywhere in the universe at the same time. He is all-powerful, and He knows everything. He knows everything. Now, I could just stop right there, and we would all go, wow. That'd be a pretty good lesson, wouldn't it? You're thinking, yeah, if you sit down right now, it'd be a great lesson, Brother Tom. (laughs) I could eat sooner. Well, I'm not going to let you do that today, because I want to talk a little bit more about these three. We're going to flesh them out for our benefit and try to appreciate what does omni mean when it comes to omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. You know, God says, I am the great I am. Now, why people didn't really like that, particularly religious leaders, it's almost presumptuous because when you say I am, it it means I've always been. 
I am right now and I always will be. I never had a beginning, never had an end. In Revelation, Jesus is described as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Where is the origin of God? When did he begin? How old is he? We can't answer any of these things because of God's nature. He's so great and wonderful and spectacular. Human minds cannot comprehend these things of God. But it's okay because at the end of the lesson, I want to talk about the nearness of God and how he helped us, these little weak human beings, to understand and comprehend him. He has no beginning or end. He is not bound by time. He is not bound by space. That's just hard for me to understand. But God is wonderful and God is good. So let's talk about the omni. Let's talk about omnipresent for a moment. Proverbs 15 and verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Did you know God searches men's hearts? He goes throughout the universe, throughout all of earth, and he wants to know what's going on in your heart, in your heart, your heart, and my heart. God wants that intimate closeness, and he has the ability to discern hearts. So there may be somebody here today, I don't know who you are, there may be somebody here with a broken heart, a sad heart, a depressed heart. There may be somebody with anger in their heart, malice. Maybe somebody's had a bad religious experience with religion or God or the church, and they're like, I don't know if I want to be here or not. Maybe you've been hurt deeply. I don't know, but God does, see? God knows your heart. And we pray that if we can minister to you or help you in some way, that God will use us as his loving servants and ministers to reach out and help you. But God knows. God is looking into your heart as we speak. God knows because his eyes are everywhere. In Jeremiah chapter 23, Jeremiah asks, Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Now what I want to do is I want to turn to Psalm 139. This is such an interesting chapter because Psalm 139 really deals with about two out of these three omnis that we describe God. And the first one I want to talk about in Psalm uh, 139 is that he's present everywhere all at the same time. If you will, drop down to verse 7. Verse 7. By the way, at least in my Bible, at the beginning of this psalm, David writes, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Isn't that amazing? That's the context that this whole psalm is written in. God, I know that you see everything and that you're everywhere and you discern all things in men's minds and hearts. Therefore, God, please come in and search my heart. Woo! Have you prayed that prayer lately? Or are we like Adam and Eve after the sin? We run away and hide. Maybe God won't see me here. Where are you, he says. Hide, hide. Get behind the tree so God won't see you. Are you hiding from God right now? You can't hide. He knows your thoughts. He knows your mind. He knows your heart. Let's start in verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit, David asked. 
Where shall I flee from your presence? Well, we know the answer is, you can't go anywhere. If I ascend to heaven, David says, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that is the the netherworld, the the land down where the dead reside, basically the land of the dead, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, the night is as bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. Now I want to shift to verse 1. I'm going to go back up at the top of the chapter. And I want to talk about that nothing is covered from his sight. Basically, that God knows everything. So we're going to do verses 1 through 6 and drop down to 13 and look at 16. He knows everything. Nothing is covered from his sight. God knows our innermost thoughts of our heart and our mind. He knows our motives. He knows when we're sad, depressed, joyful, fearful. And so I I hope that I can encourage you to think about this, that when God is in your life, but you're wondering, God, are are you really there? I just want you to know He's close and He's present. And He's there for you if you'll simply reach out and say, God, make your presence known. I'm hurting, I'm sad, depressed, or I'm joyful. Listen to David in verse 1. Oh Lord, you search me and know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search up my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge ah, is... It's too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. God, you're so wonderful. You're so awesome. I can't even really grasp how wonderful you are. Now, I want to very quickly pause this lesson today, and I want to have a little pro-life message. First thing I want to say is, church, I want you to understand me. I'm going to be very clear. Abortion is murder. I don't care what society has to say. I don't care if they call it a blob of flesh, right? It is a human being. It is a life. And we have a duty, we have an obligation, responsibility as God's people to protect the innocent unborn. Why do I say that? Let's read. Verse 13. You, David writes to God, you formed my inward parts. What does that mean? As I'm being knit together in the womb. God, you were there and aware of my presence. That's what he's saying. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God creates little people 
inside of their mamas, and he has a plan and a purpose for every person born in the world. Amen? They're precious in his sight. And let us protect the voice of the unborn because they are made by God. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You saw, your eyes saw my unformed substance. Now, listen carefully to verse 16. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. What does that mean? God had a plan for David before he was born, while he was being formed inside of his mother. Are you listening to God's plan for your life? Is God using you the way you were designed? And when's the last time you've asked him, Lord, what is your purpose for my life? Am I fulfilling that destiny that you foreordained? That is when we're useful to God. So we see from this reading that God is everywhere and that God knows all things. Now I want to focus in our lesson, transition, if you will, to God's power. How powerful is God? How can we describe God's power. In Psalm 147.5, the psalmist writes, great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. I think of the song, have you seen Jesus, my Lord? He's here in plain view. Take a look. Open your eyes. He'll show it to you. You see, while God is all-powerful, while God spoke the earth into existence, and showed tremendous power. God wants to be intimate with us. But first, God said, let me provide evidence to my created beings, these human beings, men and women that walk on the earth. Let them see the nature and the beauty of what I created, what I made, and and the diversity of all of the animals, and the plant life, and the sea, and what's in it. And so I want to ask you to turn to Romans chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 19. Romans 1. Now, in context of Romans 1, Paul writing to the church at Rome is talking about people in the world who have yet not acknowledged God. You see, they... They get up every morning and, and they feel the warmth of the sun, but they haven't really stopped to ask themselves, where did that come from? And they walk out on a beautiful clear night and they see the moon and the stars. They haven't really pondered and said, you know, sailors navigate by these. There's a certain order that I see. Who made that? Normal people kind of ask those questions, don't they? Where did this come from? How do I even know to ask questions about me 
self-aware. Where's my origin? What is my purpose? And when I die, what happens to me after I die? Who makes me ask these kinds of questions? Who gives me that innate ability to reason and think and think about my Creator? Paul says, I want to talk to you about those people who haven't asked important questions like, where did I come from and who made me? The answer is God. Read in verse 19 of Romans 1, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that have been made, so they, Paul says, without excuse. For although they knew God, they didn't honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creepy things, which takes us back to the very beginning of our lesson today when Moses asked the rhetorical question, Who is like you, O God, when mortal man makes images and says, This is God? The answer is, No, that's not God. God has given evidence of himself everywhere. He's omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. And we need to honor him and not choose some man-made image that we call a God and bow down and worship it. I want to talk about the intimacy of God as we close today, that God, so awesome, so incredible, while it's difficult, we have trouble understanding God. We've seen today in summary that God is everywhere. He knows all things. His power is unlimited. He's a God that even orchestrates the creation of us when we're unborn. He knits us together and has a plan for our life. He knows the end of our life before the beginning and has a plan for each and every one of us. But you see, God, in all of his power, there's one thing that God really, really appreciates. Are you ready for this? He appreciates humility. And this is the reason that I believe God introduced the Son in a very humble way. Jesus Christ, who the world will be celebrating shortly on Christmas Day, came in a very humble way, born into a poor family, and was laid in a little animal feeding trough outside of an inn in an animal manger. That's how God introduced the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He was a man who grew up humble in every way, who loved the Father, obeyed the Father, but yet taught humility and obedience in all that he did. This is why God loves humility. His Son demonstrated perfect humility. His Son was introduced in a very humble way. Angels sang and informed the shepherds, that Messiah was present, and Jesus was a man who gave his life out of humility. I ask you today, will a mighty God not welcome the heart which is contrite and submissive? You see, there may be somebody here today that needs to get reacquainted with God, that needs to recommit to God. Maybe somebody has given up on God. It's time to come back. 
it's time to say, God, I want to serve you. And I humbly come and present myself to you. We know that those who are humble will be exalted. Those who are submissive to God and, and contrite in spirit, God will bless. And so God wants to be intimate with you. The almighty, all-powerful God desires to be inside you, to lead you and guide you. Will you come to him? And we invite you today. Please come to the all-powerful God who loves humble and contrite hearts. The invitation is yours today. Jesse, lead us in a song. We invite you to come. Listening for his orders, ready to obey. Who will follow Jesus, serving him today? Who will follow Jesus, who will make reply? I am on the Lord's side, Master, here am I. Who will follow Jesus, who will make reply? I am on the Lord's side, Master, here am I. Who will follow Jesus in his work of love, leading others to him, lifting prayers above? Courage, faithful servant, in his word we see, on our side forever will this Savior be. Who will follow Jesus? Who will make reply? I am on the Lord's side. Master, here am I. Who will follow Jesus? Who will make reply? I am on the Lord's side. Master, here am I. Before we're dismissed in prayer this morning, we'll sing number 377. Tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long. While there are others living about us, never molested, though in the wrong, farther sky, then we shall meet him in that bright mansion, we'll understand it all by and by.
Father, we thank you for another beautiful day that you've blessed us with, and we thank you for the opportunity we've had to gather together this morning in your name. We thank, thank you for the ability to commune with you this morning, that we remember Christ and the suffering he did on our behalf on the cross. We just pray that we would never forget that suffering and sacrifice that he did for us and the love that he showed for us. Father, we thank you for the word that you gave us, we thank you for Brother Tom and that he can present a lesson from it every week. And we just pray that we can study your word, that we can go out into the world and share what we what we learn from your word and just share it with others before it's everlastingly too late. Father, we ask you to be with those that are, are suffering at this time, both spiritually and physically. And we know there are several on our prayer list that uh, we just pray that you would be with the doctors and nurses that attend to them, that you would bring them back to their former health. And we just pray that for those that have lost loved ones, uh, we just ask that you give them comfort uh, and that <clears throat> they can have fond memories of those that, that have gone on before us. Father, we thank you for this country we live in. We thank you for all the freedoms that we have, and we just pray that you would continue to bless us, that you would be with the leaders, that they would look to you for the guidance that they need. We just pray for our men and women that serve our country, and especially those that might be in harm's way. We just pray that you would uh, look after them and keep them safe and be with their families also, and especially these times of the holidays when they're away from them, that we know that it's uh, hard. And we just pray that you would bless them all. Father, we just pray that you would be with us as we depart here this morning. We just pray that you'd continue to bless this, this church here at Stroudsville. Just pray that we always strive to share the gospel, the suffering and sacrifice, and the resurrection of your son. It's through his name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> 